Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6. And I'm actually kind of kind of go a little bit on a direction here, but it actually has to do with spiritual warfare. And it's very key in when, it, when we talk about the armor of God uh, series. This is the sixth week in our series, and we welcome all of those on uh, Facebook Live. Let's give a hand to all those on Facebook. God bless you. Uh, our love is towards you, whether you're here locally or internationally. <clears throat> so we're on the sixth week in our series, and I, I subtitle this, The Power of Pardon. The Power of Pardon. And what I mean by pardon, uh, we're talking about forgiveness and how forgiveness is key when we talk about spiritual warfare. And how many know that forgiveness is not something you just check off? Uh, well, I did that one time. I'm good to go. It's lifetime. Amen, especially after 2020. Amen? It's lifetime. And, so, and, and, and for many of us, it's daily. Amen? <laughs> daily. <laughs> Let me just jump in here. Ephesians 6, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, and we are moving past wrestle. I just want you to all know that. Uh, next week, Lord willing, we'll get into the remaining part of this, and we'll be talking about the first piece of our armament, uh, Lord willing. And so we talked about that that word wrestle uh, has significance to the early Greeks. Uh, they use it, the word <clears throat> pala, palastra, which was house of combat sport and without getting into it for the sake of time and we send that uh, uh, God works through his palastra there's a lot of types and shadow where the uh, palastra that that what Paul was talking about is a natural picture of the local church spiritually so there's a training <clears throat> there's a process of preparation that God has for each and every one of us someone say amen in that, and, he, and he puts us on that. And so I like to see patterns in the scripture and how God actually knows what he's doing. It isn't like, well, I'll just show up in church, meet some people and have some family and friends. God has a spiritual destination for your life. Okay? And you think, well, you know, here's my life. And I'm married and I got kids. You know, I, I just feel like this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. And really nothing much about that. Well, what about your kids? Come on. Uh, they could go on the mission field. Amen. Uh, uh, they could be called into the ministry. They could have, you know, whatever. And even in your life, and serving in the house of God. And so God has a plan uh, for each and every one of us. And I really believe, I, I'm convinced, not just as a pastor, but as a Christian, I'm convinced that, that it's through, <clears throat> excuse me, the local church. So God works through the local church, the, the palastra. And <clears throat> one of our texts that we used last week as we kind of ended was in Ephesians 3.10, very powerful verse that sums it up. The purpose is that through the church. Somebody shout, through the church. That's you. So God has a purpose for something. You coming to church, not just coming, but it says the complicated, many-sided wisdom of God and all infinite variety and innumerable aspects might now be made known. What? Me coming to church actually has to have an impact uh, that, that, that others are looking upon in the spirit realm and outside, the supernatural realm, that, that you're participating in the local church, being a part of that, actually has a purpose made, moan, made, excuse me, made known to the angelic rulers, authorities, principalities, and powers in heavenly spheres. And a lot of those is talking about not just heavenly, but it's just talking about demonic ones, that God, your presence, your involvement in a local church, helping to build wherever you are is saying something to the forces of darkness. 
it is saying something to wicked spirits. It is saying something. God's going and bragging on Sundays. He goes, hey, look at my church. <laughs> remember, remember you crucified me and you thought it was destroyed? Look at it. There's still 2,021 years. They're still moving forward, my church. Amen? There's something more powerful than just you and us coming together and feeling and having an experience. There's something that God has, and I don't think we'll really totally understand that all until we get to heaven. Uh, but we can, we can comprehend it now because we have God's word. Amen. So very quickly here, and we're going to receive a communion today here in a moment at the end of the service, and everyone is welcome to participate in communion. 2 Corinthians 2.10. 2 Corinthians 2.10. Uh, right there. Thank you. I got that. Second Corinthians 2.10. Paul says, if you forgive anyone, I also forgive him. And if I had forgiven anything, I have forgiven it in the presence of Christ. A lot of forgivings in this verse. And for your sake, in order that, this is why I'm bringing this up, in order that what? Satan should not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his plans. <clears throat> when we talk about spiritual warfare, we also have to talk about the importance of our lives being in alignment with the Lord, come on, and our hearts being right in the area of forgiveness and pardon. Amen? Why? Because if we don't, something can happen that the enemy can take advantage over us. <clears throat> Watch this. Other translations say this, to keep Satan from taking advantage... It actually means to cheat out, to outmaneuver. I don't know about you, but I don't like to be outmaneuvered. Amen? Taking advantage of us. In order to keep Satan from getting the upper hand, I don't want the devil to have an upper hand. Do you want the enemy to have an upper hand in your life? No. <clears throat> For we know what his plans are. That word advantage in the Greek actually as means to have more of, the upper hand, to be outsmarted. So in other words, there's this, there's this area in our hearts with pardon and forgiveness that Satan can get, he can outsmart us, he can outwit us. <clears throat> he can get the best of us if we don't watch it in the area of forgiveness. How many with me this morning say amen? amen. So Paul goes on to say, he says, I also forgive, meaning <clears throat> what, who are they talking about? If you read back, it's actually in 1 Corinthians 5 and 2 Corinthians 2, 6. It's talking about a man that was in a grave sin in the church. <clears throat> and we don't talk much about this today because, you know, now, you know, but, but he was basically excommunicated. <clears throat> Maybe he was an attractional political figure. We don't know. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, maybe he was a generous giver in the church. He was affluent. Uh, maybe he had a big family, so he had cousins and relatives and all that. And so everyone in the church of Corinth decided to not say anything about it. And he kept coming to church, and it was a big issue. Wow. A big issue. And, but Paul goes on to say, he said, I also forgive to receive again the person who had done wrong, to receive again into their communion, their fellowship. Why? Because it shows he had genuine repentance. Thank God for forgiveness. Amen? Amen. And the church should be a place where people are authentically repented. They should be received and welcomed in. Just throwing that out there because that's in here, okay? If they're truly repented. And, and this stuff is not talked about in the body of Christ, but it's in the Bible. Okay? <clears throat> Paul also says, he said, I had forgiven, meaning I, I'll do kindness in the face of Christ. And so that was his attitude. But here's the thing, and I'll, I'll say about this, this, the background that Paul was saying that he was forgiven this man that was involved in an incestuous relationship. What? Okay. You can read what happened yourself. I won't get into that. 
but <clears throat> that's a pretty heavy deal. But the man was broken and he was, he, he was repentant and they received him in. Why? Because they didn't want Satan to get the upper hand. Can you see the, the spiritual warfare thing right there? That, that there, there's a lot in our lives when it has to do. Now, I understand I throw that out. That is like a hot potato when we deal about, because you have no idea, Pastor Mike, what I have been faced with in this, and I grew up with, and I don't, but I know Jesus does. But let me tell you what forgiveness is not. Okay? <clears throat> Someone wrote about the kiss of the porcupines. <laughs> and in psychology, there's a statement that we uh, need and want closeness, but that need simultaneously leads us vulnerable to being hurt, right? To be disappointed and even betrayed by those closest to us. Uh, hence the need for forgiveness because of the quills. Isn't that right? If two porcupines are in love and they get close, what's got? Come on, somebody. Don't act spiritual this morning. Praise the Lord. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Boom. Ow. Ooh, that hurt. See, all woke up now this morning. So there's a house full of porcupines in here. We love each other. But the closer you, come on, the closer you get, sometimes those quills will, they hurt. They hurt. Hence the need for forgiveness. How many with me this morning? Amen. But what forgiveness is not, I'm going to take my time. I am not going to rush to this because I want this to settle in. And I know the Spirit of God is going to deal with issues right here. And we're going to receive communion. And it's a great morning to do that in light of what we're talking about. <clears throat> forgiveness is not a feeling. If it were, we would rarely forgive others because we would not feel like it. Forgiveness is not weakness. A lot of strength is required to acknowledge pain, to clear it, and forgive it. Forgiveness does not mean pretending it did not happen or hiding from it. Forgiveness does not mean forgetting. The phrase forgive and forget is not reality. Forgiveness does not mean condoning or excusing a wrong. It doesn't mean minimizing or justifying the wrong. <clears throat> we can forgive the person without excusing the act. Forgiveness is not the same as reconciling. Reconciliation may follow forgiveness, but we can forgive an offender without reestablishing the relationship. Forgiveness is not based on the wrongdoer's actions. Even if the other person never apologized and asked for forgiveness, we still should forgive. Forgiveness is not conditional. This is a big one. It's not, well, if you do this, 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 and then, and only then will I forgive you. Actually, the root of that is pride, because a lot of times people don't want to feel inferior to the other person. They feel they got an upper hand. Who cares? <clears throat> forgiveness is not justice. Justice usually involves an acknowledgement of wrongdoing, an apology, some form of reward or punishment. Forgiveness should occur whether justice is withheld or not. Forgiveness is not about changing the other person, their actions or their behavior. Forgiveness does not mean trust. How many still with me this morning? Forgiveness should be freely given. Trust must be earned. Trust must be built with consistent truth-telling over a period of time. Can I get an amen? Forgiveness is not about changing the past. It's about changing the future. Forgiveness accepts and addresses the past, but focuses on the future. It looks towards a future of healing and hope. Somebody say amen. My brothers and sisters in Christ, friends, believers, 
our fellowship with God flows freely when we are willing to forgive. But here's the thing, it gets blocked by unforgiveness. Why? Here's a key point, watch this. Forgiveness also keeps Satan from getting the advantage over us. And we see that in this next verse also, not only in that one. Ephesians 4, do not, if you have been through any marriage couple counseling session, you're going to get this verse in here, right? <clears throat> but, um, you know, when we say that when we're getting engaged, you know, like, amen, yeah, we'll sure make sure the sun doesn't go, right. <laughs> Someone got bloodshot eyes at 2 a.m. <laughs> I just want to go to bed. <laughs> Do not, boy, the Spirit of God is moving this morning. Do not let the sun go down on our anger. Give the devil any such foothold or opportunity. What is it trying to say? Well, have there been times you've been angry and gone to bed? Come on, somebody. You don't have to raise your hand on that. I will. But you know what? When we continually do that, come on, when we continually do, and we, and we don't have a forgiving heart, Satan can take advantage of us. And we want to pull out our sword and the shield of faith, and, but we got a chink in our armor. I said, we have a chink in our armor. We think we're clothed in something, but we're not. If you're allowing the enemy. <clears throat> so Satan gets access <clears throat> to wreak all kinds of havoc. And havoc is just another word for sin. Isn't that right? Havoc in our life when we give us opportunity very quickly, stages of sin. <clears throat> there's the motion, there's the temptation. The Bible says, I'll read this in a moment, but I'll put this up for you, this verse. Jesus was in all points tempted, but without sin. So temptation is out there. So there's this motion the enemy uses. The second is the struggle. There's where the resisting comes in. But then the enemy wants to take us to the next step. There's the consent, and then there's the act. Hebrews 4.15. Now watch this. Hebrews 4.15 says, Jesus understands every weakness of ours. <clears throat> I'm going to say that again. I'll let that... Mull. Jesus understands every single weakness of yours. Right? Because he was tempted in just a few ways. Just a few. Th Jesus was tempted in every single temptation that you have ever been faced in everyone on the planet. Is that what it says? But without sin. That's why he's God. Amen. In every way we are, going back to those stages, first and second stages, <clears throat> we're not subject to punishment because in all points, Jesus was tempted. Temptation is not a sin. Even the struggling period, someone needs to hear this this morning. Hear me, the struggling period, even that period, is not sin. <clears throat> but it's when you step into the consent. There's the condemnation and the punishment. And, 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 and you, know, you know, it is by the grace of God that God preserves us all. There go I, but by the grace of God. Come on now. <clears throat> so he says that in every way, tempted in all things, in all points, in every respect, tested in like manner, always Jesus was tempted, but without sin. And here's the thing I want to just, the devil must have a foothold before he can have a stronghold in our life. Isn't that right? And so this is where the enemy takes advantage of us when we're talking about spiritual warfare and need to be on guard in that, on guard in that. And so, uh, so forgiveness is, I believe, a spiritual warfare issue. Number one, what do we do in forgiveness? We have to decide. Somebody shout, decide. You will never forgive if you wait until you feel like it. <laughs> amen. Amen, Facebook audience. Amen. 
They didn't like it, but maybe you will. Tweet something, throw up a heart or something, a thumbs up or something out there. <clears throat> Choose to obey God. Steadfastly resist the devil in his attempts to poison you with bitter thoughts. What does that mean to decide? Make a quality decision to forgive, and God will heal your wounded emotions in due time. Matthew talks about that in 6. So you have to make a decision. You have to decide. Even though your heart may be on it, but you have to, you see, your heart will follow what your mind decides. <clears throat> All right? Number two is depend. Depend on the Holy Spirit's help. Watch this. Let me just say this. You cannot, I cannot forgive without the power of the Holy Spirit. Drop the mic right there. You can't do it. You, you cannot do it naturally. You can't do it in your own strength. Well, I forgive you. I forgive. No, you don't. You're still mad. You, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. I need the power of the Holy Come on. Some people start. The Holy Spirit is right now digging his word in some of your hearts. Amen. Just keep looking forward. Amen, Pastor. <laughs> It's true. We need that. We, I need the power of the Holy Spirit. It is, if you're truly willing, God will help you. Why? It's too hard to do on your own. And forgiveness is, is supernatural. Now watch this, watch this. In John 20, the Bible says, Jesus breathed on the disciples and said, receive ye, watch this, the Holy Spirit. Okay, get that in your mind. Keep that in your mind. His next instruction was about forgiving people. Did you get that? Right after he said, Holy Spirit, come upon your people. Now, I want to talk about forgiveness. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Churches that don't speak about the Holy Spirit, shame on them. Amen? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. He, he is the Paraclete. He has come alongside with us. He is there to help us, to help us. So Jesus' next instruction had to do with forgiveness. And, 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 and so that means we need to ask God to say, Holy Spirit, help me. Come upon me in this season to forgive those that have hurt me. How many with me say amen? amen? And number three is obey. Obey. The word of God tells us several things that we are to do concerning forgiving our enemies. Now remember, I just spent some quality time here about what forgiveness is not. Okay, but when we take these steps and we choose to, number one is pray for your enemies. That's hard. I'm just going to be honest with you, right? <clears throat> oh, drive by that person. Oh, yeah, they said some nasty things about me or they unfriended me or <clears throat> whatever. <clears throat> pray for, Jesus, Lord says, pray for your enemies and those who abuse and misuse you. <clears throat> Luke 6 says, actually, pray for their happiness and welfare. <laughs> oh, God, get them, Lord. Bring your fires of coals upon their head. <laughs> Lord, bless them. Lord, I pray for them. I release, I release them. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Jesus, and see, at first, this is, you know, not flowing freely. If it's flowing freely in your heart, and it's just like, oh, I just, I, I forgive them. All they did was maybe, you know, tell you to, put a mask on when you walked in the store or something. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> when you're wounded, come on, somebody. Come on. You, that's like an onion in those layers, all right? So those who abuse you, as you pray, uh, God can give them a revelation and, and, and bring them out of reception. As you do that, as you cease to be the judge in the jury, in the executor, amen, then God steps in. Did you? Amen. Thank you, brother. God steps in. <laughs> amen. And, and, and he deals with them. 
okay? That's when the fire comes on. And even in that, you can't secretly, <laughs> God, have mercy, oh God. Have mercy, oh God. And some of you are waiting for that. You're waiting for the fires, judgment. And the Lord's dealing with, oh man, come on somebody. <laughs> this is heavier than I thought. <laughs> they may not even be aware that they hurt you. They may be oblivious to that. You know, people that way. Uh, I, I, I shared a story one time. I had a guy in the church I served with years ago, and I, I wasn't lead pastor, I was associate. And I was just sitting on the front row, and it was communion time. And, and then a week or two later, I, 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 I saw him kind of walk up, he got communion. It's just a re reverential moment, and, and uh, it's not even from this community, so you don't know who it is. So just a, And he got communion and left. I just put my head down, and he writes a letter. You! I could see the anger in your eyes. What? <laughs> I put my eyes down. <laughs> you know, you, you, blah, blah, blah. It's a two-page letter. I'm like, who is this? I showed the pastor. He goes, ah. <clears throat> you know, so like forgive, release, let it go. I mean, with me, say amen. They, they don't even know. They don't know. Many of them, they don't even know that they hurt you. In it. <clears throat> uh, either way, uh, they need a revelation. Amen? But God is the one to do that, not you. Mm. Number two, bless, do not curse them, Romans 12, 14. In the Greek, to bless means, watch this, to speak well of. This is a heavy one here. To curse means to speak evil of. You know what, I tell you what, I'm at the angel. Talking head. You cannot walk in forgiveness and be a gossip. I'll just say that again. You cannot walk in forgiveness and still be a gossip. Amen. You must stop repeating the offense. Now, let me temper that. <clears throat> you cannot get over it if you continue to talk about it. There is a thing about processing with mature believers, seeking counsel, amen? Get getting wisdom, being able to share your heart and talk and get things out. But you have to be discreet about that. You used to use wisdom about that. And some of you may even have to get professional counseling in that. And I think that process is good. Proverbs 17, 9 says that he who covers an offense seeks Love. Amen? Stand with me if you would, please. I didn't mean this to be a heavy, but I know anytime you talk on this issue, we talk about the power of pardon and that God's heart is us, that we'll be able to be clothed in his armor. But, you know, even like I shared last week about first things first, as we just kind of settle in here this moment, ushers, you can prepare the, the communion, but as we're going to pray here, uh, maybe we can have the worship team up. More than ever in the body of Christ, we need unity. Did you hear that? More than ever in the body. I'm talking not about left, right. I'm not talking about liberal. You know, I'm talking about in the body of Christ. We need unity. It's been very divisive, sadly. Satan, he, he just really did a good job. <clears throat> I appeal to you, brothers and sisters. Who's he talking to? Is it church folk? Come on. <clears throat> In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say. It doesn't mean everyone has to have the same opinion. Come on. But it means that once you have your opinion and we all looked at each other, we go, you know what? We're together. We're moving forward. Okay? That's unity. Okay? You're going to have different opinions. Well, I think, you know, I think that's okay. That's okay. But we should be united in vision, in purpose as we move forward. There be no divisions among you. 
that you be perfectly united, what? In mind and in thought. And what? And not, you think he, he had issues back then? Not to split into opposing groups. Wow, having that happen. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they, they, yeah, they're in that group, whatever that group is. <clears throat> I want you to be united in your understanding, in your opinions. So there's something about unity. God commands a blessing, as the Bible says. Amen. In 2 Corinthians final verse 13, 11. Finally, brothers, rejoice and sisters. Aim for restoration. Wow. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Every head bowed here this morning, please. Very clear and pointed message. It has a lot to do with spiritual warfare. I don't want to be pulling a sword out, running to the enemy's camp, spiritually naked. Amen? We want to be clothed with the full armor of God. And the enemy can get a foothold in our life. Now, I understand there's processes, time. But we, when we make a decision, as we decide, all right, I'm going to release and let this go. Now, this is not a time for you to rehash stuff, think, did I really forgive him or not? I think I did. I'm already, you know, if you, you've done that, you walk in that, you're, you're washed, you're cleansed, you're moving forward. You may have the scar, that pain. But I'm talking to some of you right now, the Spirit of God is bringing right in the forefront of your mind. You have not dealt with this issue. And even under the sound of my voice, what I believe the Spirit of God is speaking and challenging us all. Maybe it's a mom issue. Maybe it's a dad issue. Maybe it's a spouse issue. Maybe it's a child issue. I don't know, an employee, employer issue. I, I, I don't know. But there's always ample opportunity. Mother-in-law, father-in-law, always ample opportunity for the enemy to come in and get a foothold, to get an advantage. We want to settle that this morning. We want to end that this morning. How do we do that? Prayer of repentance. With every head bowed here this morning. Number one, we want to pray for those of you here this morning. You're not right with God. Maybe you're listening online. You're not right. You don't feel you, your heaven is secured salvation. You have so fallen away. This is a great day for you to receive Christ. And number two here, we're going to pray. Once we partake in communion, prayer just for forgiveness. But I want to pray for those right now here this morning. The sound of my voice, or maybe online, it's like, Pastor, I'm not right with Jesus. I need to get right with him. This is your day. This is your moment. If that's you, pray with me. Say this. Say, Jesus, forgive me. Come into my life. Thank you for saving me. Jesus, I believe you died on that cross. 2,000 years ago from my sin from my unforgiveness Jesus I give you my life forgive me Lord come into my life save me be my Lord and Savior for the rest of my life in Jesus name Amen friends that's the most important step 